I'm Tim Kittrow, and you're tuned in to the Important Nonsense Podcast with Steve Bonham. Attention, Alan Hearn's mom. His knee is better. (laughs) You can stop worrying. Neil Smith. Even with the concussion, as long as he's cleared, probably don't have a better option. Jack Kavanaugh. Raheem Mostert, as I would like to call him. And Jason Draven. Nah, man. Just let's watch some football. Boom shakalaka. All right, welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the uh, the primer, the intro show. This, once again, is the Important Nonsense Podcast. My name is Neil Smith. I'm here, as always, with uh, good friend and co-owner Steve Bonham. Howdy. How's it going? And I'm excited to be here for Arizona week. Woo-hoo! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is this is a hot show right here. This is the one. We're, I'm glad we're doing this in alphabetical order because it means we get to do this first because... You know, we talked behind the scenes about trying to keep these to about 15, 20 minute little bite size shows for people so they can just digest them and listen to them on the go. I don't know, folks, strap in. We're going to be hard pressed for time. Know. This may be difficult because like we may have done this wrong, because if we're going to do Arizona first, I might be spent by the time we're done with this, because this is <laughs> this, this going to be a lot. You're going to have to go hydrate after right. this episode. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be in a pool of sweat and uh, yeah. it's, I hope know, I, sweat. And, and th- I feel like this is as good a time as any because I'd rather do it now than when we get to the H's, uh, which is just the one H that I don't want to talk about. Oh, that'll uh, be a short show. That'll exactly. be a short show. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I, I feel like it's it's unofficially official that I am transitioning to an Arizona Cardinals fan. I mean, <sighs> they yeah. just they have I they have so many pieces from the team that I once loved. <laughs> They took all the good parts and threw in a Kyler Murray. So, oh, there's just well, so people, much about this team to love. As people get older, Steve, they historically migrate to Arizona. We've seen this. Yeah, exactly. That's how it history. works. I, I was just, you know what? We grew up in Chicago. I was destined to retire in Arizona. So that's, yeah, that's and, just is what it is. And now you're in Texas. So it's an even shorter drive. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. It's you're just eliminating steps as, as we kind of Bingo. both get, as we this both get older thing. here. Uh, I mean, for example, folks, when we started this show, I had all my hair. Um, not anymore. The, uh, the but let's talk. We're here to talk about Arizona, and, yep, and so let's kick it off with what everybody up. wants. Matt Prater. What do you? Yep, what that's do you right. Think? Yep. <laughs> Boy, Matt Prater is really interesting this year. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. no, folks. As we mentioned in the intro show, everything we're going to say here is based on twelve team PPR. That is the uh, the new standard, as they say, and one of the. Uh, one of the biggest things that we're going to talk about here is we're going to go through to try and do these in order positionally. So we're going to do some quarterback for you, some running backs, some wide receiver. And then if we have time, we'll do kicker and defense, but nobody cares about kicker and defense. And tight ends. Tight ends are people too. Yeah, that's fair. And that's an oversight on my end, mostly because I'm looking (laughs) at my stat sheet and the, and actually what will have more value is the Arizona defense than any tight end that they have. So that's, that's a function of my inability to read, excuse me, but let's kick it off with quarterback. We all know what we're here to talk about today. It's Kyler Murray. Steve, I'm just gonna let I'm just gonna lay out for you. Give it to the people. Give it to them. Yeah, sure. I mean, Kyler Murray is my QB one this year, so that's there's you you don't have to pay for the Patreon to understand that. You don't have to get our rankings officially. Like I I make no bones about it. Kyler Murray is my guy across all platforms. He is the number one quarterback this season. Patrick Mahomes, very good passer, cannot run the ball. His offensive line is terrible. So I understand the Mahomes hype. He's my number two guy. It's not like I completely hate him or am against it, but Patrick Mahomes has only finished as the QB one one time in his career. And that's when he blew up and had like the second greatest quarterback season ever his first year taking over as the starter. 
we have seen this every year where you have a quarterback that is like middle of the pack and kind of ascends, right? Two years ago, it was Lamar Jackson. He was right there in the back end of the top 10. All of a sudden has a massive year, finishes the QB one last year, Josh Allen the year before he was a top 10 guy, but the back end of the top 10, we thought he would fade. Instead, he jumped out, had a ridiculous season that no one saw coming and finished number one overall at the quarterback position. And for me this year, that's Kyler Murray, the Konami code uh, quarterback. They've added weapons for him. They've added a better defense that we'll talk about. They've gotten the offensive line squared up and they have built their team basically for short passing routes. They're not going to be rushing the ball a ton. It's just going to be let him get out of the pocket and make something happen either with his legs or check downs. I am so excited to watch this team this year. Well, and, and you know, last year, one of the knocks on Kyler was the inefficiency. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're going to, you're going to, you got to expect that with, with a younger quarterback. So another year in the system, a little bit more comfortable, a little bit of a, uh, of a scheme change. No, Kyler Murray slam dunk. He's my QB two. Uh, if you follow our projections, uh, oh, so you, much hate. why do you hate Kyler? I know I hate him so much. <laughs> um, it's, uh, but no, I'm also excited to watch, to watch Arizona in general. It's going to be a dynamic offense. Uh, they they look to be ascending. I love mm-hmm. some of their personnel moves and it's a, uh, it, it, it should be a fun, a fun team all the way around. So no, if you're going to splash out at quarterback, uh, as part of your strategy, which you and I kind of, kind of, kind of usually tone that down. However, if you were going to splash out on something, Kyler Murray is, is, is a really safe choice to do it. So, so he's your two. Can I ask, what do your tiers look like for your rankings? Like for me, Mahomes and Murray are my one and two. And that's the tier. Like that's, those are the QBs I'm willing to pay for. Yep. Whereas for most people, tier one is just Mahomes. No. And then tier two is Allen, Murray, Dak, Lamar, and that's kind of like the next step of. Guys. I can give it to you real quick. I've got Mahomes and Murray, uh, one two. That's my tier. The okay. only reason so I, we're I, in the I same boat. We're in the same boat. Yeah. Just flip flopped. Right. I give Mahomes the slight edge, mostly just because of how atrocious that defense is going to be. Right. And so I think he's going to get. He's going to be on the field the whole game for the most part. It's if they're going to win, it's because of him. Yeah. So I'm going with Mahomes as long as he doesn't get hurt. But you can't. You know, this is a projection thing, folks. We talk about this every year. You can't project that necessarily. Right. So the next tier, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Lamar. That's tier two. Yeah. That's the ones that I'd be willing to spend a little bit of, a little bit more capital than normal on. Um, Josh Allen scares me that I have him at three, but I have to I have to tip my hat and give it to the man. This is going to um, be an, this is another one too, where like I believe Jack has Lamar as his number one QB this year, right? So that, and, we'll and we'll talk, talk about, about it that. as we go through the guys, but like this year especially, just from a philosophy standpoint, I think we kind of get into like these old mindsets of, Oh, that's a bad team. Their quarterback is going to throw a ton and get a bunch of points. And that's accurate for like Mahomes, why he's so large up in the, uh, the rankings there, but you've got guys like Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, who are on good teams that are going to win a ton of games that are also going to give you points because of that Konami code, because yes. they run the ball so effectively even though they're on a good team that's going to be controlling the clock a lot, they control the clock with the short checkdowns. And I include Dak in that as well. 
Well, Dak doesn't run as much. He doesn't as run as think. much, but he will run some. And His rushing the floor is catastrophe lower. that has happened last year, I think, is going to hold him back a you, little you, bit. You hope, you hope, actually, because that was that was not was ideal terrible. for anyone involved. But that's my tier. But too. otherwise, yeah. Mm-hmm. Allen, Dak, and Lamar are my is my next tier, and then there's a much larger tier at tier three that includes your Russell Wilsons, your Justin Herberts, your Jalen Hurts, your Aaron Rodgers. Jalen Hurts is a, is, a, is a big talking point as well, given all the noise yeah, that's going we'll on there, and we'll get there. And then, and then there's another tier after that that we we'll get into later. But there's there's still the option for you if you want to wait on quarterback. We yeah. saw it in yesterday's uh, expert mock that we did, twelve team PPR with the staff. You can absolutely still wait on quarterback and stack it like you've been able to every other year you play fantasy. It's just if you want to spend some capital and you want to feel good about your quarterback situation, I think there's five guys that fit that criteria for me. And it ends. Oh, and that's also we we didn't bring up the fact that. You should go back and listen to the primer show if you haven't already. But just in case you didn't, we are recording this on July 24th. Yes. So if you're listening to this in the middle of August and you're like, oh, hey, that guy's injured. Why are you talking about him? That's why. That's why. And also there will be a, an update show that we yeah. usually do right before draft weekend to clear up any kind of takes that would be yeah. dated in some of these yeah, shows. It would be so- crazy. Yeah, so we can't we can't uh, we can't control yeah. what's going on, but, but in the last week, high we on to... Kyler for both of us, I think. Oh, that's absolutely. And then no. it's worth noting that the backup there is now Colt McCoy, who has bounced around the league a whole bunch. Whoa! And exactly. Radical. But also, one of the fantastic tools that I will pump up on the website. Shout out to Jack is our depth charts. So if you go to Draft Tools. Uh, under there, you have depth charts as an option. You can look at each of these teams and see the starters and backups at each position, the depth. That is a tremendous there. amount of work, folks, by the way. Not to like, I'm not looking for sympathy here, but the, but Jack works very, very hard on that. <laughs> well, and it's just, it's an extremely useful tool when you're looking yeah. at it, like who's the next man up type situation. Like when we had the Acres injury news that happened recently, uh, just, you know, who's the guys behind him? Who Who's the next man up on the team? You, you can go that Go there, use the depth charts from Important Nonsense as your source because they are the most accurate in the business. Again, a tremendous amount of work goes in there. <laughs> but again, this is we've already spent enough time enough time patting yeah. ourselves on the back. Let's pivot into what I think is the next most important topic when you're talking about Arizona. Let's just go right into it. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins, nuke himself. Oh, you're going right to wide receiver, huh? We're gonna All go. Right. We're gonna go through things. We're gonna let's get people. Let's get people the information that they're Mix actually important. If they want to turn it off, they can turn it off. You know why? Because I got your click either way, folks. That's the dirty little <laughs> secret about podcasting. <laughs> All right. I don't care if you listen to five minutes wrong. of this or the whole half hour. It doesn't matter to me. I just need you to do click on it. And, it, and for and for, and for I reference, think we're going to end you. up in the same uh, tier here, like the same issue with the tiering. Yes. So, yeah. For me, I've got Nuke in that first tier with Diggs and Adams. And that's it. That's my tier one at wide receiver. That's that. That's the same way. I've got three yeah. guys in tier one. It's it's uh it's Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, and Stefan Diggs, and I don't really care how you want to order them. Those are your top three wide receivers, folks. Those are the ones I feel good about. Less so on Devontae Adams with some of the quarterback news, but can the ECR uh agrees, except they add Tyreek Hill, and we know historically and that's yeah, wrong. We're not so. doing that. So that you're never you're never gonna get Tyreek Hill love no. out of this out of this website. So the uh for me, DeAndre Hopkins firmly in tier one. I will say it's a little concerning some of his Twitter activity related to uh, 
the protocol thing we mentioned in the primer episode. But beyond that, um, I all wheels up on DeAndre Hopkins. You can't be that high on Kyler Murray, and you can't watch what DeAndre Hopkins did last year and not and not feel good about it. I think the yeah. volume concerns that people have had in previous years are overblown. They've added even more weapons, and I still don't care. Do you feel any differently about any of that? No, I think when we talk about the Cardinals, it really just boils down to the things around DeAndre Hopkins. Like he's he's a top five talent at wide receiver in the NFL. He's a top five fantasy player. There's not a ton of analysis there. It's draft DeAndre Hopkins and feel confident about it. So then now we go to the the B roll players, right? So no more Larry Legend. He hasn't officially retired, but he's not back with Arizona. I don't think he will be. They re- they went out and signed A.J. Green, who had an up-and-down season, to say the least, in his first year back with Cincinnati after the layoff with his injury. They still have Christian Kirk, for now. They still have Rondale Moore, who they drafted this season in the second round. They have Andy Isabella, for now. And <laughs> Keyshawn Johnson, for now. For now, yeah. So, uh, they have depth at wide receiver, Uh, The way that I've basically penciled it in is that A.J. Green is going to be on the opposite side of Hopkins in this offense, and Rondale Moore is going to take over the primary slot role by midseason. It'll start as Christian Kirk, but the primary slot guy to me is Rondale Moore. He's the one I'm most intrigued by. Uh, What do you what do you see happening there with those wide receivers? No, I'm pretty much in, in alignment with a lot of that. Uh, A.J. Green is 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 not really something that I'm too interested in actually drafting in a 12 team standard redraft. However, it's a name you need to know because there is a small chance that he's not totally done and could take over some kind of Larry Fitzgerald style role for them, which is fringe level roster worthy in fantasy every year. So it's something right. So it's something to keep in mind, but it's not really something that I would, you know, we've got him at like wide receiver 70. And I think that's about right. You don't need to draft draft him. So, and then we'll talk about Christian Kirk. You know, he's going to be in the 50s for probably both of us somewhere, you know, not to nitpick it, but it's going to be somewhere down there. Because I think, similarly to you, Christian Kirk has had some flashes in the league. I've got him at wide receiver 61, for example, because he's had some flashes, but wide receiver is incredibly deep. So I'm not really interested in that. He can't really stay healthy in a, in a real way has been an issue. And I think that's part of why he's in danger of losing his job to Rondale Moore. So that's the one that I think we want to talk about because that's the new face in a new place. The other ones, I think we kind of know who those guys are and we're not really as a site or either individually interested Mm -hmm. in any of it until you get to Rondale Moore. Right. Yeah. Like I said, Rondale Moore, second round pick. uh, He's going to primarily thrive in the slot. He's not really big enough to play on the outside, but I'm good with that. Like his speed and his pass catching ability. That's what I was saying. The new mindset of this offense where Cliff Kingsbury has basically wanted them to be up tempo fast, get the ball out as quickly as possible where Christian Kirk is a guy who runs down the sideline with his hand up, hoping you're going to chuck it to him. And that's not how they operate here. It's give the ball to Kyler Murray. If he doesn't have an option within the first two or three seconds of the snap, he's going to run with it. And they're going to continue to do that over and over again. And they're going to thrive. I think we're, we get to running back here with Chase Edmonds passing or catching the ball out of the backfield. And they're going to thrive with Rondale Moore over the middle, which is where they struggled as a team last season, converting between the tackles 
over the middle of the field in the slot because they just couldn't trust Christian Kirk to, to stay on the field and to consistently catch the ball when it was thrown to him. Exactly. And Christian Kirk is not exactly like part of the current iteration that is running Arizona now, right? right. He's kind of a holdover from a previous Correct. era. Yeah. So he is likely on the on the way out and he'll probably end up in Miami, given that's how this seems to work. Right. Um, but it's uh, it's interesting because Rondale Moore, I think the only thing to talk about here outside of what you just talked about is would you draft Rondale Moore in a 12 team PPR or would you be comfortable leaving him on the waiver wire? with an eye raised to it in case you needed to pick him up. What's your no, stance? Rondale Moore is one of those guys. I've got him at wide receiver mid fifties, I believe. Um, he's one of those guys that I want to take near the end of my draft. He's one of those dart throw upside guys that I will keep on the back end of my bench most of the season um, so that I don't have to spend $80 of fab on <laughs> getting Rondale Moore. Uh, when it comes to week like seven and all of a sudden he's scored three touchdowns and he's he's the primary slot guy and he's the new basically, for lack of a better term, Cole Beasley, uh, where he's just constantly catching the ball over the middle and is a PPR monster. So, yeah, I think Rondell Moore is a guy I'm absolutely interested in taking later in drafts, massive upside, because that's what I'm looking for. The range that they're going in. At this point, like Christian Kirk, what's your best case scenario? Is he's a wide receiver three? Maybe yeah, a flex? he might get into the 40s or the, the he might get to like 38 maybe right. at some like, point on any given like week. What's your maybe. best case scenario with AJ Green? He's a bye week fill in because you buy yeah. week stacked one week he's, with four Larry, wide outs. He out gets you a Larry week. Fitzgerald performance where you're just crossing your fingers and hoping he catches some sort of ridiculous yeah. touchdown out of out of out of nowhere. Christian Kirk and AJ Green are guys. Same thing with Andy Isabella. Keyshawn Johnson and let if assuming that those guys also make the team like you're, you're talking about when we're in the middle of the season by week fill ins or looking for deep depth upside in a deep, deep league. Those are guys you can pick up off waivers for nothing. Why am I going to spend a valuable draft pick on it? Whereas Rondell Moore is a guy that's got so much upside as a rookie. You don't exactly know what it is. He could be nothing. He could do absolutely. He could be Henry Ruggs and give you literally nothing and be a waste of a redraft draft pick. Or he could, I'm not going to say he's Justin Jefferson, but he could give you like what CD lamb was doing by the end. Sure. Of the year last. Sure. And that would have been incredibly valuable. That's, that's why I brought it up. Cause it's an important distinction to make when we're evaluating these back end wide receiver guys, where it's right. like, is this something you should actually draft or is it something you should leave on the waiver wire and just know that it exists in yeah. case, in case, you know, an injury happens or something, happens here because I agree. Now I will point this out too. You mentioned Henry Ruggs and it's a good it's a good one to mention. People way overdrafted Mr. Ruggs last year. Yes. And the 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 issue with that is don't do that is a general rule, folks. With Rondale Moore, I you might be high on him, but don't let your eyes get bigger than your stomach. If somebody yeah. wants to pay an incredible price tag for Rondale Moore, let them. I have wide receiver is so Rondale deep. Moore in my tier eight. Yeah of wide receivers. So again, like I said, it's, it's one of those where I'm real comfortable with him as like my sixth or seventh wide receiver, because I'm never going to have to actually utilize him. Um, like if I do, it's because he's had a great season. He's blown up and all of a sudden he's doing better than the guys I drafted as my starters. It's it's I'm using him because of that, but I'm not relying on him week in and week out. Exactly. So if somebody wants is always three starting wide receivers as well. I think that's. Important. Yes. And even if you only have to play two, you would play one in a flex. So mm -hmm. you're going to get, you need three, three starters. And here's the thing. 
just if somebody wants to way overpay for Rondale Moore, let them. You'll you'll get a better value on whatever they're leaving back on the table. So if somebody wants to take Rondale Moore above wide receiver tier eight or before the end of the draft, effectively is what that would translate to. Don't just let them. It's fine. Like it's it, you'll you'll get something else that'll have value. That's the depth that we're dealing with at wide receiver this year. Yeah. So I think at this point we've got that's the bulk of the Cardinals, folks. That's really what you're going to be watching on Sundays. But there are a couple things that we need to touch on still. Let's just go right into running back. They've got Chase Edmonds still there. Kenyon Drake is now in Las Vegas, enjoying enjoying that. I'm sure that's oh man, what a what a what a mess that's going to be when we get there. Um, but it leaves Chase Edmonds for a while there in the offseason all by himself. Mm-hmm. And then they went and signed James Conner. So that's here's, your running back. Here's what I'd like to say. First of all, two things that are hilarious to me. So last year we talked about the fact that Kenyon Drake was going to be the bruiser and Chase Edmonds was going to be the pass catcher. And that's just kind of how it was going to split. And that's exactly what happened. And the key difference was Kenyon Drake had essentially no value by the end of the year or by the middle of the season for that matter, Mm -hmm. because he was getting goal line touches, but chase Edmonds was getting all of the third down roll. And when they were in up tempo, he was getting all of that as well, which is why they felt they could just let him go this off season. And then the Raiders signed him to be the pass catching back, which is hilarious, (laughs) but, but I digress. So now we go into James Conner and remember for years, we have been arguing with people Stop drafting James Conner in the top 10 of running back or in the first round because he's not that good. You're just drafting Steelers running back in the first round. Like James Conner is terrible. He's barely top 24. If that, please stop with the James Conner. Now, all of a sudden, he leaves Pittsburgh. He goes to Arizona to be the goal line back with the Cardinals, and everybody is, oh, hey, you know, James Conner isn't good. You definitely don't want to. Really? Now he's not even good enough to beat out Chase Edmonds, but we had to hear about top 10 James Conner for so long. Ugh, these people. It's it's nice when they finally learn, but it just it's infuriating that it takes so long. Well, and then there's no accumulated memory of right. the previous takes. No, I never said that. There's no, no previous, uh, there's no accumulated memory of previous takes from years gone by. Yeah, I know that's, that's also the, the cognitive gymnastics that are happening right. is, uh, is fantastic, but no, it's interesting. Cause now James Conner is finally at a price point that I actually, now I'm sort of interested in it. If you could get, if you could get James Conner where you should be able to get him, which is round like RB 30, 35, there's, there's actually a decent argument for that. Because he's going to get the goal line work on a team that's going to have the ball a ton and is going to move said ball with ease for most of the season. They're going to be they're going to be on offense most of the time and they're going to be, you know, up tempo most of the time. That's the scheme they run. So they're going to have a a lot of opportunity for a James Conner to kind of punch in some ridiculous bunny touchdowns. And there's going to be certain weeks where he's probably going to finish his borderline and RB2. Now it's we we do everything here, of course, based on redraft. That's a majority of what we work with. However, um, in the case of like a James Connor currently on underdog, which is best ball. So again, there's more value there because if he gives you a zero or he gets two carries for on the goal line and scores touchdowns and gives you a twelve, that matters in best ball more than it would in redraft. Because why would you start that in redraft? But even in best ball. James Conner is currently going as RB35 
in ADP. And on the expert consensus on Fantasy Pros, James Conner is currently ranked as RB41. Right. Whereas Chase Edmonds is at the top of his tier, RB26. And and we agree that Chase Edmonds is the guy I'd rather have. He's, Chase he's, Edmonds I'd is argue, especially in PPR. Like, I'd argue he's worth it at that price tag because I've got him at RB24. Yeah. So I'd say that's, fu- that's fair. That's actually fine. I would be more than happy to have Chase Edmonds as early as RB24. Right. Like uh, I've got him right in line with the ECR. So getting him there, I feel like that's the appropriate price point. But for Chase Edmonds, he's the pass catching back. So in PPR, that's going to be massive for you. And with the up-tempo, he's going to get a lot of opportunities to also run the ball in. So I think it's not going to be just specific. He's not going to have zero rushing touchdowns. No, no. But Chase Edmonds of the two is the one that I'd rather have. But like when we're looking at our projections, we have them like Edmonds 25 about and Connor 34 in terms of overall projected points. So they're relatively close. And let's face it, Chase Edmonds in his career... As much as injury prone is a myth, he's never been the picture of health. And he's a small enough guy that I feel like if you let him on the field, the reason that James Conner is there is because if Chase Edmonds had a full three down workload, he wouldn't make it an entire season. We understand this. Yes. Just just physically, he is not big enough to last an entire season. So Chase Edmonds, at some point, if something were to happen to him, all of a sudden, James Conner is the only guy there competing with Eno Benjamin, who is a guy that I have been high on and I feel decent about, but do I he really has, think Eno Benjamin's going to do anything? He's never anything. taken a snap. Yeah, he's yet to do literally anything. He's so. never played a, an official snap in an NFL game. So right. do I think that he's really going to threaten James Conner as a three-down back if something happened to Chase Edmonds? No. So no. James Conner is a guy that, uh, again, he's in that territory of he's going to have a role He's going to get some carries between the 20s. He's going to get the goal line work. He's going to be a flex-worthy running back on multiple weeks, especially during the buys, and he's a handcuff that if something happened to Edmonds, all of a sudden he becomes a top 20 back again. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like The ECR, James Conner is your friend here because I'd be willing to have James Conner as early as running back 32. So if people are sleeping on it, that's one of the nice values that I think you can pull out of the Cardinals. I think you mm-hmm. and I see that in the same way. And it's just kind of entertaining that for years, we've been the poo-poo. To, as you pointed out, for years, yeah. this podcast has been the poo-poo. And website in general has been the poo-poo James Conner yeah. website slash podcast. And now we're finally, the prices have realigned so cra- so so dramatically over one year that now we're going to recommend it. It's, uh, you live long enough, you know, you see everything, right? Yeah. But I think that's really it as far as relevancy because tight end, you know, you got Max Williams. Max Williams and Daryl Daniels will gloss like they are the guys there, but neither one of them is going to be good enough to to warrant uh, any kind of stock ownership there. And that's another thing with Rondale Moore as well. Not only does he have the upside, I forgot to mention, with potentially taking over the slot and being a guy they invested in this season, but he's also going to be their kick and punt returner. Yeah, that gives you just a potential... Uh, for six points every time they get the ball punted to them, which should be a lot given their defense. Or if you play in a kick and punt return yes, uh, yardage, yardage league, yep. uh, Rondale Moore goes up a little bit. I'd have him probably 10 spots higher in a league like that uh, yep. just because of that alone. But that's my and, my clunky segue into their DST, which yes. is whew, 
They, they bring back Jordan Phillips and Chandler Jones on the front line. They've got Marcus Golden and Devin Kennard fighting on the other side for that second edge in their 4-3. But they got J.J. Watt, who came over in free agency, a huge acquisition for them. He's going to be a monster for them inside. I think that's going to be huge. And then you've got Zach Allen, of course, on the other side of that line. You've got Isaiah Simmons, who was fantastic playing linebacker. They signed Malcolm Butler at corner. They've got uh, Robert Alford, Byron Murphy, uh, Buda Baker again. Like that, that defense, they have done so much to add on that defensive side of the ball. We talk about it every year that the top defense, the top defense in fantasy, generally speaking, it has not come from the top seven in average draft position in the last like decade, almost right now, the Arizona Cardinals defense, because they have, you know, the stink of the Arizona Cardinals defense. uh, They're at number 22 in the ECR, which is absolutely ridiculous. Like they play in a tough division. I get it, but the division that they're in is basically the only thing against them. They have a cake schedule Otherwise, I have the Cardinals as top 10. They are my dark horse to finish as number one overall at the defensive position. So definitely something to keep in mind. Well, and that's why I wanted to lay out there, because you've mentioned that on the live stream on Friday and Mm -hmm. a bunch of people's monocles fell into their drink. (laughs) So I wanted to just lay out for you there on that. And, uh, And no, I view the Cardinals as a top 10 defense, but I don't know that I have them as my dark horse to be number one overall, but I respect the take. Yeah. And I think really that wraps up the Arizona Cardinals here, folks. I, mean, nice, I'll, I'll, nice I will say low. this was the same thing we talked about with the Colts last year. They, they That's made a, a good bunch comp. Of, they made a bunch of offseason acquisitions. They they added a bunch of pieces, and they were in position to have a good season and a good run. And that's exactly what happened. So no, it's a it's a it's a it's an interesting one too because if you believe that, then you'll have the Arizona Cardinals in just about every draft, much, and you'll love yeah. your life. Because in a twelve-team league, they'll still be available at the back end of defense, I would think. Because yeah. as you mentioned, the stink of previous yeah. Arizona Cardinals defenses will weigh them down. Yeah. Or a couple, people, yeah, a couple of years ago, same thing with Washington. And people will be massively overpaying for like the Rams and yeah. for and for various other other things like that in there. So don't don't do that, folks. We'll get there when we get there, but don't don't do that. But I think that's really, that's the Arizona Cardinals, folks. Nice little bow for you. Going to be an exciting team. So uh, we're going to break it there. And if you're listening in chronological order, then we will be back momentarily in your, in your right, right here, that audio chocolate coming right back at you. Let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons. Music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevere. I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz, and you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!